Good afternoon, and welcome to Citizen K, a weekly current affairs program featuring in-depth interviews and perspectives. I'm Kareem Mosna. This week on Citizen K. It's a significant woodland. It's a provincially significant wetland. It's an environmentally protected area. But none of that seems to matter to city staff, to Patry, of course, but that doesn't surprise me. We've been trying um, for a very long time in the city to get funding to clean this up, and there really haven't been a lot of takers that want to stand up and develop this property due to the expense and the supreme contamination that's on it. I'm so proud of Patry for going after this. I'm so proud of him that I came to work here for him. Certainly a controversial issue being tackled here on Citizen K today. This Friday, the City of Kingston will release a comprehensive report on Patry's Davis Tannery proposal to build 1,700 condo units in the Rideau and River Street area. The Planning Committee will vote on the proposal at the next meeting on August 4th, and then Council will vote on it on August 9th. First, we will hear from one of the founders of No Clear Cuts Kingston about a petition they're currently circulating, asking the city to consider a redesign to preserve mature trees and also requesting a wilderness setback of at least 100 meters from the river. Then we will hear from Tatiana Zarimba, environmental specialist with the Patriot Development Team. First, we hear from Kathleen O'Hara. Just to bring some people up to speed who may not be aware of what's going on, who may not have seen the petition, uh, basically... The, the, this tannery proposal involving clear cutting, paving over land. Uh, what it, what are your hopes in terms of you know what what you're putting forth with this petition? Well, the petition actually calls for a redesign. I ask the city to look at a redesign. Um, to quote it, we we the undersigned citizens ask the mayor and city council to reconsider the proposed development of the tannery site to protect the site, the adjacent river, and wetlands. And then we've got some other details. Um, the redesign we hope would be, I, I don't know how many people know the tannery land. So it's just south of Bell Park and it's north of the woolen mill and the, and the river mill restaurant about a block north of that. So it's, it's surrounded by, um, on the south it's got, there's River Street on the uh, west there is uh, Rideau Street. And then, as I said, north is Bell, Bell Park and Bell Island. Um, so we're saying, uh, they're saying, Patry and city staff and the mayor are saying, this is one of the most polluted places in Ontario. Well, if you look at the contamination map, there are highly contaminated spots because there was a tannery there, there's no doubt about it. And um, so it and it has left uh, contamination, but we've noticed that the south, the east side, where Patry wants to build mainly his his condo uh, Riverside condo units, that area isn't that contaminated. And so we're saying if he's going to build, he should build along River Street. In, uh, so that would be the southwest side, um, away from the, the very 
provincially significant wetland and away from the grandmother, the 220 year old grandmother oak, which is on River Street. So if people get it, we want, we want building, we don't want building anywhere, but if he's going to build anywhere, it should be on the Southwest side rather than the East side, the river side. But of course he wants the river for his luxury condos. Um, but we're saying um, we don't have a luxury condo crisis right now. We have an affordable housing crisis and none of his Patry's um, proposed 1,700 units are, is going to be affordable. So um, we're calling for, as I said, a redesign, but um, ideally it would be nice if we could just turn the whole thing over and uh, keep it as an urban forest because it's been sitting there for 50 years. So all these trees and bushes and the wildlife have all come come into the area over 50 years. It has been used as a dumping ground once in a while. So it isn't the most pristine place, but it has such potential. Um, so as I said, we're, we're calling for a redesign, but we want to uh, create a park. Now, I, none of this land is considered protected land, is it? Well, no, it's, it's, a, it's a significant woodland. It's a provincially significant wetland. It's an environmentally protected area. But none of that seems to matter to city staff, to Patry, of course, um, but that doesn't surprise me. City staff and the mayor and some councillors just seem to think that those designations mean nothing. And, you know, we're, we're sending them a list of reasons the last, you know, a week before the, um, the vote, we're going to give them a, a last sort of look at why they should oppose it. And, um, and one of them is uh, these designations were put in place by past governments who valued the land and the, wet, the wetland and the forest and the shoreline, the natural shoreline where a hundred plus turtles bask. I mean, we've got muskrats and herons and it's a vital place. Patry um, is saying that it's a dead zone. Well, it's not true because we have, a friend of mine just took a picture of a muskrat yesterday and a leopard frog. He said the bullfrogs are louder than ever. Um, it is not a silent spring as as Patry has officially said. Um, so they are designated. And do these designations mean nothing? These are uh, past government's attempts to protect that piece of land that they found valuable beside our river, the Great Cataraqui River. So why should this government just throw those designations, ignore them? And the other thing is, in our petition, we say, um, please consider a redesign, one that is in, in accordance with the clauses in section six and seven of K Kingston's official plan, which advocate the protection of animal and plant habitat and the protection of land adjacent to the World Heritage Site. Well, the World Heritage Site, the UNESCO World Heritage Site, as most of you know, I hope, um, because we should be proud of it, is the Rideau River and the Rideau Canal. And uh, the Great Cataraqui River flows up 
flows north into that area. So it's part of the UNESCO heritage site. And to build 1700 units, to tear down all of nature, all of it, pave it over, dig it up, truck it out, pave it over and build 1700 units plus 1200 parking spaces, plus um, commercial outlets. It'll be like one big shopping center. Um, and uh, I don't think that belongs beside a UNESCO heritage site. So that's another thing. So the councillors who vote, if they vote for this um, project, they'll be ignoring a lot of things that past governments have tried to do to protect this, this area, which I think is scandalous if they ignore these things. Well, it sounds like there's some serious uh, concerns to do with protecting uh, ecosystems. Mm-hmm. And there should be, because um, I don't know whether you heard, but the, uh, the University of Waterloo has a, a, a group there that came out with a study about a month ago saying that deadly, extreme deadly heat is going to kill more Canadians than any other climate crisis cause or effect. So, and we're already feeling extreme heat around the world and in, in Canada. So, and it's going to get worse. And Kingston is, they say, is going to be one of the 15 hot spots, so to speak. And they say that trees help cool the environment, that we should be protecting our trees. So this, again, cutting down 2000 trees, as we face a climate crisis, an increasing climate crisis is, well, I'd say verging on madness, but it's certainly irresponsible. And, and it will, and based on the, what I described as Patry's plan, he, he, once he paves over that land, um, mature trees, trees won't be able to grow. There won't be any soil. So that's going to be this concrete and glass heat zone, heat island that will literally emanate heat rather than the opposite with, with the forest absorbing the heat and cooling us. We'll have this thing, this big monstrous construction uh, or complex creating heat. So the uh, indigenous people on Bell Island and um, people who love Bell Park are saying that that could hurt the trees across the bay if you've got increased an, a heat island just across the bay. So again, it's, it's short-sighted and, um, and even dangerous. And I, I hate to say it, but even deadly. Because if we, do, if we get rid of, we've identified, when we started trying to protect the tannery trees a year ago, we thought, oh, well, we've, we're trying to protect these trees. We've since found out that the city has either cut down or will be looking at cutting down or allowing developers to cut down um, trees on 20 sites around the city. I mean, if you look at Princess Street and Sydenham Road, there used to be beautiful black walnuts up there. There are about three straggly trees. Patry has cut down every other tree on that land. And the only straggly trees left are, are only there because they weren't on his property. And, um, and Patry's not the only one. Um, even the city promised to, to um, protect some trees on Wright Crescent, and, and they, they didn't. Uh, so there are lots of people, and then there's a, 
there is a developer in the West End who claims to be a farmer. And he, so he's allowed to cut down trees. And so he grows hay, but he, he's obviously just preparing that land for development. So it's happening all across the city. And, and people are still upset because they cut down about a thousand trees um, on the east side of the third crossing. And they've admitted that they didn't need to cut all those trees down. So there's something not working right now in, at City Hall. Now, this Thursday, there's going to be a report released on the development. What will you be looking for in this report? Well, we already know that the report, the city, city staff will uh, support the report. Um, they're just blinded by um, by development and they're pr pressured by developers. Um, Jim Neal, the counselor said on CKWS TV a couple of days ago that they're feeling more and more pressure from developers. Um, and I think because Mayor Patterson is so pro-development and so are the top levels of city staff that um, there is a lot of pressure. So I'm, I don't see them changing much. They might put, as they say, putting lipstick on a, a pig, <laughs> um, it won't change it. They'll they'll pretend to make a few, you know, a buffer zone here or or um, make a few changes. Um, but the worst thing that we know is is coming up is city staff is saying uh, that they want they think an MZO should be used. Now a minister, this is a minister zoning order. This allows the minister of municipal affairs. Um, in Queen's Park to um, over to allow Patry to ignore all environmental and planning considerations that are in place, as I mentioned before, to protect this property and and the surrounding property, the, the river. So if but not the MZO has to be voted on by council, but city staff will be introducing their request for an MZO um, on Thursday in that report. The other thing about that report is they're putting it out on July 29th, just before the civic holiday weekend. How many people are going to sit down to a mega page uh, report in bureaucraties, which is what they do so that we can't understand what they're talking about, um, uh, over the civic holiday weekend, and then long weekend, and then the, the vote is on Thursday. And as we've been saying, um, this is really uh, underhanded and unfair and undemocratic to hold a, this very important vote on at the beginning of August in the height of holiday season. So, uh, so the main thing to watch out for is or watch for is this MZO. And as I said, the planning committee, which will be voting, there are six members of the planning committee, they'll be doing this preliminary vote on the um, proposal. And then if it passes, it will go to full council the next week. And that's when the MZO will be introduce. Okay, just to confirm a couple of dates here. So yeah, uh, next Thursday, August 4th, that's when the planning committee will will meet uh, to vote on this. 
Yes. Then it goes before full council the following Tuesday, the 9th of August. Uh, yes. Just looking. Yes. Yes. That will be their only summer recess. So, you know, that's sort of an admission that, that City Hall doesn't really want to hold meetings all summer every other week. And yet they're holding this vote in the middle of summer. I mean, they're... <sighs> their mixed message is pretty clear. Um, they're trying to, to uh, hide this vote. Um, so the, the rally will be from four to six or later um, so that we can stand outside City Hall. It'll be in Confederation Park right across the street from City Hall. And um, we're going to have speakers and and uh, lots of uh, noise. Somebody is making up chants but, um, and then we're going to present the petition, our 30, more than 3,500 names, a pile of pages to Lisa Osanek, who is on the planning committee and is fully opposed to this development. Um, the three, so right now we think that three councillors are, are reliably opposed and three aren't. Um, so uh, that would be really helpful if, if people want to lobby them and just tell them why they think uh, um, the vote should go against Patry on that day. Excellent. Kathleen, thank you very much uh, for sharing all this information uh, in perspective with me. I really appreciate it today. That was my conversation with Kathleen O'Hara of No Clear Cuts Kingston commenting on Patry's Davis Tannery proposal. Now we're going to hear from the environmental specialist with the Patriot Development Team, Tatiana Zarimba. Essentially, there, there have been some concerns that have been presented uh, with regards to this petition that combined now has over 5,000 signatures uh, regarding this uh, this this new d development. Now, um, is it 350 Kingston's petition? So the, from what I, I've been able to gather, it's located, um, it's, it's on a wetland in the Rideau and River Street area. So it's, it's, it's going to be put before city council uh, next yeah, week. No, I'm, I'm very familiar with it. Um, when you say it's located on a wetland, it's actually located on a brownfield. This is an extreme, this is not a piece of property that's a, a pristine wetland in good condition. This is probably one of I mean, this is a highly polluted area. The Davis Tannery, if you can look at some of the things like PAHs, polycyclic hydro, aromatic hydrocarbons, and methyl mercuries and PCBs, this is a highly industrial property that's been used before Patry got to it to the utmost degree of unresponsible environmental. I think um, I think it's in development. Field is a better way to look at that. Um, this was a pristine environment. We would be having a very different conversation. Oh, okay, so basically, this is a heavily polluted area that we're talking about here. Heavily, Davis Tannery. Are you familiar with tannery operations and what they do to make the leather? Um, this is somewhere that had thousands of animals that sat in a very, they'd bring the animals' carcasses and have them sit in vats of chemicals to decompose. 
so they could use the um, the hides for leathers, and then they would have chemicals that they would dye those leathers different colors. So before Patry, long ago, I'm so excited Patry's picking up this project and finally cleaning it up. I have friends and family that live all in the Inner Harbor, and I think this is a wonderful green project. Well, when you say cleaning it up, what exactly is being done? Well, there's what's being done or what... Um, is proposed to be I, I think, done, correct, is what is, because it's still being proposed uh, before council. So right. what is being proposed to so be done? Let's from start with the first question. What's being done, um, and again, this is my first week of, of work, but from what I understand, um, this is a provincial and federal concern to clean this site up. So what's being done, um, a lot of studies and remediation, um, just find, trying to find what's on the property is being done. What's going to be done, you've seen the, um, you've seen the website, it sounds like, you've, um, looking at the development projects of what's proposed in the future. And a lot of... Uh, Patrick's going with the greenest outlook he can possibly take to developing this. So he is listening to the public remediation. Um, I was speaking with 350 Kingston this weekend, which I'm shocked and surprised beyond all belief that an environmental group would have opposition to a cleanup of an environmental project of this scale that the province is willing to finance to clean up. We've been trying um, for a very long time in the city to get funding to clean this up, and there really haven't been a lot of takers that want to stand up and develop this property due to the expense and the supreme contamination that's on it. I'm so proud of Patrick for going after this. I'm so proud of him that I came to work here for him to make sure, um, you know, the best environmental green practices are used. Okay, so this is all being taken into account. Uh, of course, there are concerns around specifically clear-cutting uh, trees uh, on this property. Right. Um, clear-cutting, that's a terrible word used by the logging industry. Not that I'm offended, but clear-cutting all the trees isn't what's happening. What's happening is a remediation that has to clean up soil contamination. And this is not a friendly process to trees. No, you have to go down to clay and remove and dispose of by the environmental guidelines and remove that soil and the trees that are on top of there have been bioaccumulating this contamination for a very long time. What Patry is doing to offset that is I found that Jay Patry is quite into tree planning and green initiatives to try and offset um, what's going to have to happen to clean that up. So we are looking into um, Turtles Kingston to help with sustainable activities after and during the fact, looking at planting trees, uh, the solar that's going on to these buildings that's proposed should have an offset, and I wish I could calculate, I'm working on the calculations this week, but the just the solar of how many pounds of carbon dioxide that we're planning to offset has an equivalent probably to far greater amount than the number of trees that are actually on the property. Um, the solar that Jay Patry also already has, he has three very large fit contracts that are trying to offset. We're looking at a bigger global perspective when it comes to climate change and addressing this piece of property. 
I think it's one of the most greenest approaches I've seen. I'm super, like I said, I can't tell you how proud I am of this company for taking this on. What What is your hope? As otherwise, nobody in Brock or nobody in Kingston has made any. I mean, it's out of sight, out of mind. And I'm afraid with these type of contaminations, you can't see them. They're so strong, but they last in our environment for a very long time and have extreme health benefits to the population. Well, this is going to be put before the uh, planning committee next week. Uh, and I know that on August 9th, it'll be put before Kingston City Council. Uh, w what is your hope? Um, I hope at that point to collect and get a better understanding of maybe some of the issues that people are having and clarify why this is important for us to clean up and develop versus looking at it as a, you know, a wetland that's being destroyed. I'm not sure who in the public's put that impression out, but that's not even close. That was my conversation with environmental specialist with the Patriot Development Team, Tatiana Zaremba. And earlier we heard from Kathleen O'Hara, one of the founders of No Clear Cuts Kingston. Patriot's Davis Tannery proposal will be before the planning committee on August 4th, and then council will vote on it on August 9th. You're listening to Citizen K on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and on podcast. I'm Kareem Mosna. The Portable Outreach Care Hub, or PORCH, is a retrofitted mobile vehicle with a counseling room, group space, and clinical care room for those who may currently face barriers to accessing medical and clinical support in the Kingston area. The PORCH RV was unveiled last week at the Street Center. PORCH is funded by the Kingston Community Health Centers through the Ministry of Health and Reaching Home, Canada's Homelessness Strategy. Megan O'Leary is the Director of Clinical Services with the KCHC, and she joined me to talk about what PORCH can offer the community. I really am curious to know um, where the idea came to, to create this. I think many partner organizations for a long time have, have identified a need for outreach. So we know people have barriers to actually getting to our specific program sites and clinic sites. And so we needed to think about how we could do services differently and bring services to people who have barriers to access. Uh, so it, it's definitely not an original idea, but we all, I think, a large group of organizations uh, see a need for it. And so we had this opportunity to buy this RV and really make this idea uh, a reality in terms of being able to go on the road bring partner services along and offer a multitude of wraparound care and support to people in the, in, in the community, especially those living in more rural areas who you know, don't have transportation down into Kingston to access service. So this RV is going to be covering like all of the Kingston area. Will, uh, it, it, it'll stop at certain locations and people who, who need the services, whether it be addiction help, um, hepatitis testing, mental health, all of that. Uh, they can just go and drop in? Yes, exactly. So we are going to set a schedule so we're in the same location each day of the week. So for example, we'll pick a location on Mondays and you know, every Monday then we'll be in that spot. And so the idea is to pick um, a large handful of locations that are going to be able to reach the population we're trying to serve and then multiple partner organizations can be there to deliver their, their supports and services. Um, so I think we're trying to stay somewhat flexible to see what the need and demand is that comes to our door. Um, whether it be you know like more counseling support or mental health supports or whether it, it, it's um, like clinical care um, and being able to pull in the right partners to be there to provide services. Got it okay so it's certainly it's it's also a sense of work of progress where 
uh, depending on the needs of that community, those organizations can be present uh, in, in this uh, outreach hub. Yes, exactly. And so we have worked with uh, clients to ask them what they think they would need and what they'd want as well. We're using the integrated care hub up at Montreal Street where we know a lot of folks have gravitated towards and live around because there is access to services there. So we're learning some lessons there and informing our, our program planning by clients to see what it is that, that we need to bring to them and, and what they're looking for and what they're having trouble accessing. What is the, the hope in creating PORCH? The hope is that better people have better access to care, um, better integrated care, and uh, just easier access. That was Megan O'Leary, Director of Clinical Services at the Kingston Community Health Centers, talking about the new Porch RV. And that's all for Citizen K this week. Citizen K was produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at Queen's University. CFRC 101.9 FM broadcasts from Kingston, Ontario on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Thank you for listening. I'm Kareem Mosna.